0: Because the bigger you get, obviously, as an organization, uh, especially in financial worlds and regulated worlds, the bigger the target you are. Let's be real. So when I came into this company, there was exactly zero, uh, (laughs) zero policy or procedure. Uh, There was nothing at all.
1: Can this business thrive without the owner? You got to start putting systems and processes in place. If you don't use the systems, the business will break. We're always looking to buy back our time.
0: You cannot say something once and expect that it actually is received. This is the way we work. A big motivation in that for me is
1: creating a job for myself that I really enjoy. This is how you discover your vision. And this is Process Makes Perfect. Hey, everyone. I'm Chris Ronzio, founder and CEO of Trainual, and this is Process Makes Perfect. As always, we're talking with experts in process creation, automation, and delegation, basically the people that just know how to make business easier. And today we have with us Sherry Hamilton. Sherry's the COO of Grant Cardone's full portfolio of companies and a true operations expert. She brings with her over 30 years of corporate operational experience to her current role, which she started in 2011 when she left the corporate world can't wait to hear about that and entered into the entrepreneurial scene as the coo of cardone enterprises since then the organization's grown to over 140 staff with a digital tv network an ad agency online sales training university and of course the well-known business conference for entrepreneurs the 10x growth con which we'll talk about more so sherry thank you so much for being here
0: you bet you are welcome it's nice to be with you chris
1: Great, so I'd love to start, I've heard the story, I'm sure a lot of people have heard the story of when you first met Grant, but I'd love to hear your your transition from how you jumped out of the corporate world and joined this this crazy whirlwind of a business.
0: It's it's really amazing. Uh, I actually met Grant through his twin brother, Gary. I knew Gary through some charitable organizations that we had a mutual interest in and we happened to be going to a big event and uh, here we are at this beautiful groundbreaking ceremony of this multi multi multi-million dollar building in Florida and Grant and Elena come in and since it was sort of this pioneer sort of a, a vibe and theme for the event, Grant comes in with his cowboy hat, (laughs) and Elena's got her fringy skirt and her boots on, and here we all are, and uh, they help break ground on this beautiful building. And that was my first experience ever meeting Grant. So when I moved to California, he was doing a party for his birthday, his 50th birthday. It was very Moulin Rouge, and he was announcing the release of his first book, uh, Sell to Survive. And so sure. I'm invited to this party and we start chatting. It's his home in the Hollywood Hills and he's very Hollywood. And I'm very J.P. Morgan Chase. And uh, so that's how we first met. And he was running the business with a few people out of his pool house that had been turned into an office. And uh, that was uh, when our first conversation started.
1: So was there an allure to the craziness? Did you know when you met him that you thought you wanted to work with him? Or was it him recruiting you hard?
0: It was more... Uh, the recruiting uh, piece of it. it, because, you know, when somebody's been in a very structured environment and, and you know, used to things going a certain way, uh, the, the fun, loving, freestyling, it's a little bit like, wow, OK, so how do we actually get things done in that environment? And the cool thing is he was getting things done like right and left And as he was expanding and actually growing his business and moving into something that was more than just him and more of a team, now he's seeing, wow, okay, I don't really want to be doing all this other process stuff. I want to do my thing. And so he just needed somebody with the experience behind them of uh, of a company that knew sort of how to put those pieces in place.
1: I love that. So for anyone listening, if you've seen Grant's Instagram or YouTube or watched him at an event, you see he's on stage. But behind the scenes, everyone's reporting to Sherry, which I find so interesting. So you actually have all the departments reporting right to you. Is that right?
0: Well, we have department managers, thank goodness. Yeah. We have at least 10 of those guys now. And otherwise, there's no way I could handle 160 people. And uh, it, it's really interesting because for a long time we did do that. But you'll see, and that's part of putting processes in, as you begin to grow, you really don't want more than 10 or so people reporting to any one person. Because then if you have more than that, there is just no way that you can give the feedback you need, hmm. do the process improvements you need, take that input, put it into your processes and procedures, make sure that you're doing everything that you need to do as a leader. You know, you're, you're basically in constant cope mode. And so by putting those leaders in place, it helps those departments run smoother.
1: So with the explosive growth that you have, how frequently are you having to change up your managerial structure of who reports to who?
0: Well, in some areas, it's almost weekly. It just depends (laughs) on how many people we're hiring. So in our newer areas, you know, you're going to hire somebody new this week. That means a lot changes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, in, in our more established areas, you know, we've had some people that are on the job for many, many years, and those things don't change, but you've got a lot of new folks coming up under. And maybe then you create new teams because, for example, in our sales team, we've got now uh, we're at the maximum capacity uh, where one person could manage them, so we need to have team leaders right. so that those guys actually get the attention they need in order to, in order to succeed.
1: Right. We just went through that too, setting up all different team leads, and I know it can be a painful process, so how do you communicate the change to everyone when you're going to shift up a department? Is that something you do or is it something that your, your other leaders do? <laughs>
0: It depends. Uh, in, in this particular case, my, my leader of my sales team, Todd, he's the guy that would communicate that out. He's been around a long time. If it were a newer leader, then I would help them out and I would make the announcements so that everybody would understand and kind of be able to absorb the information. One thing that we do is we meet every week, managers of our, of our departments only. And this allows us to work things out amongst our leaders prior to rolling out to our grand population as a whole. Because one thing that will happen is if you roll something out and it's poorly communicated or halfway communicated or hasn't been fully vetted and you find you need changes down the line, it just creates a massive confusion. Hmm. So we uh, we decided and I said, guys, let's just meet once a week, management team. We're going to come in before before we start work. So, we we meet at 8 a.m. because our start time is 9 a.m. And we kind of bat these ideas around. Hey, this is what we want to do. What do you guys see as something that would come up that might be a problem there? Oh, wow. Well, we didn't think about that. Okay, let's think about that and vet that all the way through. And then we will actually roll that out as a process or a procedure. And it's not then a surprise when it lands on accounting desk that we have a new product or a Mm -hmm. new service because we've already covered it in our meeting.
1: I think it goes with a small organization that everyone's around the table making decisions. It's kind of a consensus sort of thing. And then you shift from cooking the pizza together to almost par baking the crust or partially baking the crust with with the team of leaders, right?
0: It's right. And you really have to be sure that as you're growing and you're implementing new, new processes and new procedures, that you're consulting each department because otherwise they cannot wear their hats. They mm. cannot do their jobs. If you just spring something on them, which we, we very often find happens, you know, we're, we're at a conference or a convention and we want to do a different special, for example, or guess what? We're going to offer this extra added bonus with it. We didn't have that in our plan so we have to have a communication process whereby we let everyone know otherwise the client doesn't get the assets they're supposed to get hmm. customer service doesn't know how to answer the phone calls client relations doesn't know how to onboard the client and accounting doesn't know how to charge them or what they're supposed to have and not have and then you have shrinkage and you have loss and you have upset customers and Chaos. You've got <laughs> And you've it's wow so We've learned that it is really key as much as possible to stay flexible, yes, but to have a plan and to involve everybody in the plan. You know, it's, it's not just sales team that needs to know. It's the entire team because it has to flow through the entire organization to be successful.
1: Right. What good is a process if no one knows about it? Communication I think is is so important. So looking back.
0: is is the bottom line. Communication is so key. And you know what's always surprising to me is how little people really understand about how to communicate and how to communicate broadly and what needs to be communicated. It's very interesting to me. And it's a it's probably the biggest challenge I have in any company I've worked with.
1: So perfect segue. Before this, you worked at JP Morgan Chase, which is obviously a dramatically different company than Cardone Enterprises. So how did training and standard operating procedures in general vary between a big corporate enterprise and the one you're with now?
0: Well, at Morgan Chase, you've got hundreds of years of legacy there, and they developed a lot of training and processes and procedures. They're very training heavy. Hmm. And that's also because they're extremely regulated. And so you need to make sure that your people are not saying and doing the wrong things, and they are saying and doing the right things, because the bigger you get, obviously, as an organization, uh, especially in financial worlds and regulated worlds, the bigger the target you are. Let's be real. So when I came into this company, there was exactly zero (laughs) uh, zero policy or procedure. Uh, There was nothing at all. And it was really actually perfect because I had had so much experience with such a large company that I was able to say, well, let's see, how can we just start and how can we just implement something? Mm -hmm. And when it comes to that, it's always something is an improvement. You take what's happening right now, what, how does it exist right now today, and you just put something in. Let's communicate that thing. Let's write that thing down. And then, you know what I found a very cool little hack is you give it to the person that's doing that process or procedure, and you have them expand on it oh, you know what I found as I was implementing this process or procedure that I often got asked this other question or I often ran into the fact that I had to use this particular software or thing and then they are responsible for expanding on that policy and procedure and thereby they're writing it down, it's sticking with them, they're remembering it, they're doing it every day, they're closer to it than you are and then guess what? When you hire another person on, You've got a, an inbred, inborn mm-hmm. trainer uh, that you're going to use to bring on that new person. And you've got your policy now that as closely as possible resembles reality. It's, uh, one of the dangers is when you, when you get this policy and it's old or it's, it doesn't apply anymore, what good is it?
1: Right. And it's such an iterative thing as you hand it off to someone else. Like you said, they improve it. You know, I think a lot of people, especially in operations, leadership roles, they put the onus on themselves to develop all this. But I think you said it perfectly. If you put someone else at the, at the, in the driver's seat to refine the process, then it just gets infinitely better
0: it's so true and honestly with all of the different specialties that we have in our company you've got somebody who is a web developer specialist he he might be a front-end web developer specialist, and then you've got your back-end coders, you've got your funnel people, you've got your email marketers, you've got your, you know, there are so many specialties. It would really be impossible to find an operational executive that was savvy enough in all of those areas to properly instruct those teams. True. You know, it, it's impossible. That's why we do so well, really, because we have Cardone University, in our sales university, we teach teams how to sell. So an executive of a very large company like Google or Toyota or any of these Merrill Lynch people, they don't have to be sales experts because we've got that taped, we've mm. got it down, and we can implement that process and that procedure into their teams. And so that's what I think is a really good way to approach it.
1: So the company is so well known for your sales training and, and you know how great you are at coaching and training people up. How do you surface best practices, not only in sales, but in the operational areas of the business? When someone figures out this is a better way to do something, how does that make it to the playbook?
0: It makes it to the playbook through the team leaders, and they roll that process out to their staff. And it's usually on a departmental basis. You know, every so often, occasionally, we'll have something that is a universal policy change, in which case, I'll usually announce it, um, and we'll make sure that the team leaders kind of repeat. The process and procedure down through the the divisions. Um, One thing that, you know, it's been very clear to me is you you cannot say something once and expect that it actually is received. Hmm. You have to repeat it over and over and over again in many different ways. Maybe it's in writing, it's announced in a meeting, it's then reiterated in the department meeting, then it happens in the one-on-ones, and then it gets a video, and then we put it in the university. I mean, you, you just, you know, It's amazing. And and actually it, it gives it longevity and it gives it that that point where you can tell the next people and it's not just in people's heads. Oh, this is how we do this.
1: Right. Get your business out of your brain. That's what we say. So
0: that's a good way to say it.
1: (laughs) So one of the things we often recommend people document first is just an employee's first day, some basic training, orientation. So I'm intrigued. What is an employee's first day like at your company?
0: Well, we have a little check sheet. And it's an onboarding check sheet, and they come in, they attend the morning meeting, and then they go down the checklist. Mm -hmm. They meet with all the different divisions of the company. They learn what each division does. You know, they get their email, they get their computer, they log in, they know where the supplies are, they know how to scan, copy, fax, you know, etc., They know how to put their alarm codes in. They know what's going to happen to them if they set the alarm off on my uh, weekend, and you know they (laughs) they they know how to park, where to park, what to say, who to talk to on which. Um, But it is a lot, so it's a broad orientation day one. And then they're going to get oriented to their particular work. That's going to happen via a colleague or via their department leader or myself, depending on, you know, what department they're coming into. And then it's going to be an ongoing process, an ongoing learning. And they're going to be pointed to Grant's books. They're going to be pointed to Cardone University. And they're going to be responsible for bringing themselves into the loop on everything that we have going
1: on. So it's always a little at a time, but it sounds like you've got a sequence and it least a process for doing this which is great now now one of the things I'm sure you introduce everyone to is the the mission the vision the values I think it was um, Cameron Harold's podcast the second-in-command podcast I heard you say how aligned you and grant are on on mission and how that helps you uh, you know execute all the craziness so how do you incorporate the mission into your training
0: well first of all it happens in the interview In the interview, I'm extremely clear with everyone, or the department managers are the same. Listen, here's our purpose here. We are looking for people who want to help us reach every person on earth and help them do better in their businesses, their careers, and their lives using our technology. That is what we're about. If that's something that gets you excited, if that's something you can feel gratified contributing to every day, if that's something that you feel like you can make your mission, then this is a place that we want to explore further. Um, so it starts there. Mm. And then as as part of making it part of the training, we have a morning meeting every single morning, 9.05, every single morning, and it gets put in and put in and put in, and we share success stories, and it talks about this is this guy, he did this with our training, he had this success. Here's this company, they had this win. Here's this sales guy, he had that win. And we help everybody every morning reorient themselves. It's part of this, you've gotta keep the message going. This is a leader's responsibility. Keep the message going. And that is how every single day we incorporate it into every single person. And at the end of that meeting, I always ask them, Are you guys ready to help some more people today? I love that. that. Like, I am inviting you to join into this mission, and it's every day so that. No matter what problems or issues or what's happened in their night, what's happened in their morning, the kids are sick, they don't feel well, they're having trouble with a spouse, their money problem, this or that, they had a little fender bender, whatever it is, whatever difficulty it is, I'm every morning, I'm reorienting them to our mission.
1: I love that. So, so when you flew into this company, you said there were no processes and procedures and policies. When should a company start to work on this either by size or situationally, when's the right time to start to tackle this?
0: Immediately, if not yesterday, (laughs) um, the, it doesn't matter how big or how small. In fact, I really believe that if you are a solopreneur, you need this more than any other person you need to understand when you're being the salesperson, when you are being the bookkeeper, when you are being the collection office, when you are being the uh, the payroll person, when you are being the promoter, when you are being the promotion and marketing creation person. And it's really very key because whether you realize it or not, you are being all of that plus You are the service. You are the product. You are the delivery. And so if you don't really map out how you do each one of those things, and what time you're allotting to each one of those things, you will be a messed up, jumbled up ball, and not many things will be be productive that you're <laughs> doing because you're always just kind of in a confusion.
1: I, I remember when I was starting out, I had this big org chart on my wall, and all the boxes just had my name in it. But it was that representation of you're doing everything, and at least you carve out the the boxes from the get-go.
0: That is the point. If you don't at at least To realize it you will never ever expand because then you can never say man I'm really getting bogged down in this box over here so I need to hire a person to handle this box now you know what your job description is of the person you need to hire, what skills do they need to have? How much could you pay them? Because you'll know then what it's worth to you to have that job done for you. It just accomplishes everything. And it's a part of organizing any activity or even your life. You know, like it's, everything productive is going to come from that.
1: I love that. Such a great tip. So wherever you're at in your organization size, create a future org chart, put your name in the boxes, and then watch it expand. So speaking of expansion, let's wrap up here by talking about the 10X Growth Con, which has expanded like crazy since you launched it. How many attendees are you up to now?
0: 35,653. Wow. We hosted last uh, February at the Marlin Stadium. And I'll tell you, this was just something that was purely by demand. People wanted to start seeing Grant in person. And we had just gone totally digital. And, you know, we kept getting the the clients saying, yes, but we want to see Grant in person. We want to hear him speak live. We we want Grant. So we started with 2,400 people in a hotel. (laughs) <laughs> the next year we went to Mandalay Bay Event Center, and then this February we were at Miami and Marlins Park. Um, we We just can't believe the response that we get. It's such a cool networking uh, opportunity and the and the speakers we have are just unbelievable. The talents a list. So this coming February in 2020, we're going back to Mandalay Bay Event Center. And we're going to host about 12,000 people there. So it'll be a little more intimate than 35. 000, but I think that's going to give everybody some great opportunities to network.
1: That's unbelievable. And my first company was an event production company. So I appreciate how much oh, process went into that. Holy uh,
0: smokes. <laughs> I, it is amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for sharing this with us. I think the theme, if I looked back on the conversation, was repetition. And process really is repetition, right? It's doing the same thing and refining it and getting better at it as you grow. So if it if anyone uh, would take one thing away from this, do you have one recommendation to leave everyone with?
0: Do it now. Don't do it later. Don't procrastinate. Just sit down and write your duties, write how you want things to be. And, you know, don't procrastinate because the moment you do that, it just won't ever happen.
1: You heard it from her, so do it now. Sherry Hamilton, COO of Cardone Enterprises. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your message with us.
0: Great to be with you, Chris. Thank you a bunch.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to Process Makes Perfect. If you're listening on your earbuds, on a run, in the car, we also have a version on YouTube. So if you wanna see this in color video with me interviewing all these great guests, check it out on YouTube. Just search Chris Ronzio and you'll find my channel on there. If you found this helpful, we'd love for you to leave a review or rate the podcast. Please do that and we'll send you some swag as a little thank you. If you found the information valuable, please share it with a friend, a family member, or anyone else you think could benefit from the information. Remember to connect with me at Chris Ronzio on all social media platforms or the company at trainual. That's train U-A-L, like a training manual everywhere that you want to follow us. Thanks again for watching or listening, and we hope to see you next time.